public road. On an unseasonably warm winter's day in January, I went to meet Shelley Cush at the Foxy Stables on Foxy Flats in Joshua Tree, California. I found Shelley there with Kate O'Connell, the owner of Foxy Stables. Well, it's a hot day, huh? It's been so sweaty. He gets such a teddy bear coat. They were standing outside in the shade of a corrugated roofed enclosure, doing their best to coax a large, dusty gray horse into one corner of a pen. Oh, you can try. You can try all you want. Stop. Don't. The horse, for the most part, seemed to be taking their bait. It was only when they tried to halter him there in place that he really began to protest. And he's a biter. It's okay, no biting. Hi, friend. No bites, though. <laughs> Shelley Cush, a petite woman in her early 30s, dressed in all black, had wide, dark sunglasses on, and wore her hair in a long ponytail. She was called here today by Kate to practice a little-known form of equine bodywork, something that had been loosely described to me as rolfing for horses. So in the equine world, we call it equine fascial integration therapy um, because it's not, hey, go, go, back, back, because rolfing is like a um, kind of like a coined term for the human um, modality of it. Did you say hi to him yet? No. This is Mortimer. Um, he's a nice old guy, retired. So Mortimer was <clears throat> a racehorse. He was a rescue from San Diego, right, Kate? Yeah. He um. was retired from the track, and usually they uh, just put them down when they're done. And his, Around what age? He was 18, but wow, it's really, old. it's just when their body quits, basically. And so we found him. And he just gets to live this little retirement life. Get taken care of, huh, buddy? Do you know what his racehorse name was? His name was Jacob the Great. Jacob the Great. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a... Fa a super famous father and it's really interesting that like even with really really good lineage they're just like thrown away if they don't have a really really good racing career do you know about his career yeah it was fine he was like it wasn't okay. a hero. <laughs> yeah like unless they make millions they're just discarded and so he maybe made like few tens of thousands or maybe a few hundreds of thousands but like unless they're an absolute top performer going to like the big big races they just discard them it's a really sad industry yeah so with horses that are kind of used up like they are in the race industry there's not a lot of like focus put on like the maintenance they more like just do things to short-term fixes to keep the horses going um, you know for us 
a lot of people view like holistic approaches and like body work and stuff like that as a luxury um, instead of instead of like a form of healthcare or preventative um, work. And so that carries over to other industries, you know, just how we value taking care of ourselves transfers over to how we take care of our animals, um, but often less thoughts put into it. So the goal of um, equine fascial integration therapy is basically to rebalance the whole body, um, ultimately by creating space and removing tension. Um, and a lot of it ha deals with um, compensatory patterns that we develop. You know, if you've ever like injured yourself or hurt a leg or something, you know, you'll overcompensate with the other. And that can create all kinds of cross patterns of tension in your body. And what's going on with him? So, I don't know, it'll take me a little while to figure it out. <laughs> oh. Oh. You can feel me creeping down, down that chest. <laughs> you always have to be on your toes with the horse. What's he, 18 hands? 17 two. 17 two. Is that, what does that tell you? Their That's height. They are. You measure them at their wither. And hand, a hand is six inches, I think, or almost six inches. It's like a math based on a hand, an average hand. A very old method of yeah. measuring horse. Like a foot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I use this, I have a block that I stand on um, so that I can utilize some leverage because these guys are obviously a lot bigger than me. So I started at the wither um, and that's actually a thing I do because when horses groom each other, that is the area that they tend to groom each other. So they're, they're easily accepting of being touched there. So it's kind of a tactic to ease them into it and gain their trust a little bit. You start at the what? The wither. It's kind of their shoulder. Just kind of like moving slowly over the tissue of his shoulder right now, trying to just encourage it to soften um, and release the fascia from the underlying muscles and tissues. Hi, buddy. You're a good boy. Whoa. If I was working on like a young, healthy horse that was like an athlete or something, the goal would be to release all of that tension and restrictions. But for him, it's it's more about just kind of like temporary relief and keeping him comfortable. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like sometimes you get a horse that's basically held together by their stress. <laughs> Good boy. I think I know people like that too. <laughs> Physical and emotional, right? Good boy. Oh. 
nobody. So a lot of the concept is like feeding less about getting rid of the tension, but feeding slack into the areas of tension um, to create space. Good boy, Marty. Did you, did you, are you, do you ride horses, Shelly? I do. I do. I grew up riding. I've always been a horse, horse obsessed girl, I guess, when I was a kid and didn't do it for years. I mean, I lived in cities for a long time and um, at some point I just missed that connection. Um, and so, finally kind of found a way back into the horse world and decided I just wanted to do it, um, be able to do it more. So that's kind of what led me to studying equine body work. Um, just as a way to kind of like do something positive for the horses. You know, a lot of people hear like, oh, like, therapeutic like horse therapy or something and they assume that it's like for people um, to spend time with horses and I really like the idea of um, doing something for them where you're not asking for anything in return because we do ask a lot from them so yeah right now I'm working down his leg and the first pass I go over, especially on the legs, I focus on circulation um, and just kind of feeling for any swelling or heat or anything like that. Do you work on, do you do this technique on humans as well? I don't. I can work on dogs. I guess any small animal, theoretically. Like if you wanted me to roll a hamster, I could do it. <laughs> With your like, tiny finger. <laughs> um, yeah, dogs can benefit from it definitely as well. Llamas. Yeah. Pigs, Goats. Anything. Animals. Anything you want. <laughs> so you are you have um, learned to work on all different kinds of four-legged animals. Yeah, quadrupeds. <laughs> but I just do horses. I mean, I've roughed a couple dogs, but. Um, for the most part, I focus on the horse. Because why are they so different than humans? Um, just the way they use their body is so different, and the way that we use them is can be really demanding. Um, good boy, that's a good stretch for you, I think. Ooh. What was that? Oh, he just stepped on one foot with the other, and it made a screechy noise. Yeah, so you can see on this side, this whole muscle, they basically have a muscle that runs from like the front of their chest all the way to their pelvis. Um, and you can kind of see that this whole muscle is just spasming a little bit as I work over it. And that's a super common spot just with any ridden horse, because it's right on their back where you sit. Hi, Bubba's. It's interesting because a lot of horses have 
like restrict pelvic restrictions and stuff like that, but you can't actually directly affect their pelvis because you can't get to it because they're just so big. Um, so it's a lot of learning to like affect body parts via other body parts. If you think about a horse as a car, um, their hind end is basically like their, their engine, like what propels them. So they really engage their hindquarters a lot when they're, when they're moving. Sorry, I'm like labored breathing here. <laughs> it's hard to talk and talk and work. When you're normally doing this, when, I, when, I, when you're by yourself, are you talking to the horse? Yeah, I talk to the horse a lot. Um, what do you tell them? You know, I was, I was laughing to myself the other day because I, I spend so much more time with animals than people, especially these days. And um, I was thinking, like, I wonder what the word I say, like, the most is. And I, I'm pretty positive it's probably good boy. <laughs> gotta let them know that they're good. You've got a lot of good boys too. I do. I've got a got a lot of good boys in my life. Um, Hi, friend. So what's like horse whispering? <laughs> Um, I mean, to do anything with horses, you kind of have to gain a certain level of their trust. Yeah, I mean, certainly you can ask, get a horse to do things with force or other methods, but um, to really get them to trust you, it's a different thing. You chew on that, then. If you want to bite something, you can bite that. Yeah, so some horses are just, it takes a lot longer to to really get in there because they're, they hurt. Oh, um, animals, you know, have a, can really be in a lot of pain and you wouldn't even know it. And others are big babies, so. <laughs> Is that different than humans? I mean, we all have different levels of pain tolerance, um, but obviously as a human, you can tell, you could tell somebody that you're in pain or I think animals or they not, have that right, right. they have right yeah you can decide but they have that um that in survival instinct where they don't want to be weak um sounds like a human to me too. <laughs> yeah I guess so you don't want to get left behind by the herd I know, that spot's very touchy. It's okay, buddy. You're all right, buddy. Ho, ho. You know. Is that the same spot? Yeah. I know. But you can feel like the muscle on this side, on his left side, is a lot bigger. So he's using it a lot more. On the side you're on now. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense uh, with his front leg. He's overloading back here. So, um, doing a little bit of looking into rolfing on the internet and stuff, mm -hmm. or, or reading the Wikipedia page, 
they kept on referencing like how it's like quackery and like pseudoscience <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, I think with, overall that was what the page was saying. I think with anything, there's like a level you can go to that is like overselling or that's like woo woo about about it. But you know, I mean, it's. I mean, it's all a matter of opinion, but I I know that I can see differences in horses that are that I'm working on, um, especially you know with other aspects of their care. But um, you know, I I think because because some people like to make things kind of like too much of a magic fix. It can take away from the actual practice and what it can affect and be helpful for. Um, you know. I was just like shocked that that was like the overall tone. Oh, I, I didn't like, know that. I was like, this is a pseudoscience. This is not scientifically proven. This is quackery. I was like, what the fuck, quackery? It's though because it's, it has to do something because well, you're literally a, I, doing something. Right, so it's physically manipulating tissue. Yeah. And so, I mean, from a scientific standpoint, that's, I don't know what the, their major claim is. Um, you know, a lot of things are, can you move over, Bubba's? As with any like practice or field of study, like within the body or even psychology, um, there's a lot of theory, right? Which can't be proven. But I mean, physically, you can really affect tissue. So, um, you know, people think. A lot of things are quackery, like chiropractic and acupuncture, but a lot of people see results from it. So I, um, I had to go through getting Rolfed myself as part of my certification. And person, my personal experience with it was that it made a huge difference. Um, I have like a spinal injury or my neck, like my neck is out of place. Um, so it kind of pulls my whole body out of alignment. And um, I found that it gave me a lot of relief in that area. Do people perform um, acupuncture and, and Chinese medicine on horses too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, acupuncture is actually fairly common in the horse world, as is chiropractic. Are there other um, that people that work on horses this way out here that you know? No, um, it's relatively smaller type of bodywork than say general massage, um, but it's a much more specific modality and I think it's becoming a little more popular but I, as far as I know nobody else in Southern California um, practices it. But people practice massage? Yeah. Yeah. Which massage is different in that it's focusing on the muscles more generally um, and so it doesn't have the lasting effect 
that working on all the other, like the tissue and the fascia and the um, tendons and everything can have. And that's the real difference is like the long-term, um, the long-lasting benefit to it. But, you know, I do use some massage technique as well, just depending on what the horse needs. Why do you think it's so unusual? Um, or like underutilized? I think it's just a newer concept in, for the horse world. I mean, it's been around, but it hasn't been something that there's like a lot of access to educationally, I think until more recently. And also, I think just like um, everything else, there's like been a shift in more holistic approach approaches to equine care than in the past. Um, so it's becoming, you know, those types of things are just becoming more widely used and accepted. Ooh, is that him? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so a lot of times when you're working on them, they'll have like self-adjustments. Because um, the thing with like uh, the bones, a lot of times they can be restricted by the tissue. Um, so when you start to loosen things up, they can have nice little like spinal that. adjustments. Oh, yeah. He's like, finally something I like. Yeah. <laughs> He does something where if he likes it, he kind of starts to sway into it, and he'll like he'll do the really oh, yeah. what he's doing, like really start to lean and sway into what you're doing. Yeah, and licking and chewing is like a relaxed signal. Good boy. Yeah. And there are people who have come up with whole like horse personality charts you can do like a horse personality quiz or horsonality quiz and like figure out what modality works best for your horse oh i have but, not encountered yeah. that yeah what's his i don't know <laughs> i don't remember is it like a enf it's sort of like that what is it it's part briggs Oh, okay. Um, and Jen had me do it with Charlie on the first one, and Charlie's like very left-brained and very introverted. So he needs time to think about things and time to like process things and really time to decide that everything's going to be safe. Um, he has a really strong prey animal instinct, whereas Mortimer is kind of like, I don't know, man, let's go see what's over there. <laughs> What is um, Mortimer, Mortimer's um, astrological sign? Oh, I don't know. His Their birthdays are like two days apart. Um, they're May 5th and May 7th. So what would that be? Taurus? I think they're both Tauruses. Well, most horses are born between like April and July. So I guess most of them would be in that like range. Yeah. I wonder how that has an effect. Yeah, I wonder what the horse astrology Wikipedia says. <laughs> uh, quackery? Yeah. 
Oh, boy, no, that's for the duck astrology with the video. Ah. Ho, 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 ho. Is that a lot right there, Bubba? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got... I mean, he's got some old... Just old um, injuries and stuff like that, for sure. So... There are those like elephants and stuff that they've like um, given paint brushes to draw and paint. <laughs> have, have horses done that? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Painted? I don't know. They're goofy though. I have seen the cat cat paintings. Have you ever seen that book? It's called. I think it was like a '70s or '80s books book, and it was like painting with cats, and it's all these like pictures. They just put out paint with the cats, and the cats go to town. Um, they're actually really cool. Uh oh. Yeah. Do you usually like to ride horses that you perform this on, Shelley? No, I mean, I do work on the horse, horses that I ride, but um, I think it's nice, you know, with horses that only know me in this aspect. It's, it's nice to have that relationship with them where um, you know, I'm here to do something for them and not ask for anything from them. More of a professional relationship? <laughs> Just more like I'm not expecting anything from them, you know? Okay, my friend. And that's why I start with the big one first. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yes, now he gets that's the scratches. Now it's time for scratches. Good man. <laughs> 